Hello, I'm Dr. Greg Winteregg, CEO of the Private Dentist Alliance. I want to talk to all of you students out there today who are wondering what your future is going to be like as a career in dentistry, as an assistant, as a hygienist, as a dentist, where is this profession going with the rapid increase of the DSO movement? I'm here to tell you the PDA is going to help you and I want you to become a member today. It is free. Now, why should you become a member? You're gonna get weekly video updates from me and you're gonna get regular updates of our newsletters from the Alliance on exactly what is happening and how we are going to help preserve and protect the private practice of dentistry. Now to me, the most important advantage is you are going to get access to our job board. What is that? Our private practicing members all have access to our PDA job board, which means if they have an opening in their private practice of assistant, hygienist, doctor, front office staff, they're going to be able to post it. And you're gonna be able to check up regularly. And as our membership grows, we're gonna be covering larger and larger territories across the United States. If you are looking for a job in any position in the office of a private practice, you need to become a student member today. It is free. Go to www.privatedental.org and become a student member today. You're going to love your benefits. Do it now. What is up, guys? It's your boy, Matt Havis, back at the Dental Swing Vibes podcast. So today, we have a crazy good interview for you. We have Mr. Steve Thorne, the CEO of Pacific Dental Services. He's owning roughly 900 offices, growing every single day, opening about an office a day. He is killing the game. We absolutely love talking to him. You guys need to check out the episode, tune in and hear about what he has to say about team culture, how to build it, how to keep it healthy, how to lead effectively as the dentist, as the leader of the practice, how to keep that and how to reach your goals based off of the vision that you have for yourself. Whether you're owning 10 practices, one, 900, whatever it may be, you have to put yourself in that right uh, pathway to do it. Whether it's through mentorship, learning on your own, whatever it is, you need to be able to do it. So check out the episode, listen to what Steve has to say about the mouth-body connection and how he's such a big advocate for it and how important it is and where the field of dentistry is going. Crazy episode, we absolutely love speaking to him. We'd love to have him on again soon. So tune in, let us know what you guys think of the episode. Follow us on Instagram at dental.student.vibes. Give us a like, comment, and review. We'd love to hear from your guys' feedback. And uh, as always, vibe on. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Student Vibes podcast. I'm Seth. We're here with Matt, Cole, and our Thanksgiving edition special, <laughs> Mr. Steve Thorne, the man, the machine, the CEO of Pacific Dental Services. How are you today? I'm doing Steve. great. Thanks for having me here. It's great to be with you. Thanks for coming. So uh, Mr. Steve Thorne is the CEO and founder of Pacific Dental Services. They're a leading dental support organization established in 1994 in Irvine, California. And PDS currently provides business support service to over 800 and it could be different today. You know, it changes. It's different. Time. Every day it changes right now. We're open about an office a day right now. So got it. So I'm not even going to give a number. I'm just going <laughs> to put an uh, infinity sign on there. Uh, and, and that's covering many, many states throughout the country. So first of all, you guys just came right back from um, the As the Leadership Conference. Yeah. That was in yeah. Chicago. Tell me, how was everything? This is great. First time I got asked to speak there. So it was uh, really 
really great. And I spoke with a, a doc who actually practices here in my hometown, Dr. Lulu Tang. And we just talked about the future of dentistry and it was a packed house and uh, tried to inspire these, a lot of D2 and D3 students there, try and inspire them to really go after their profession in a big way. I think we're, I think we're at the cusp of something really great. As you guys probably know, I've been doing this quite a while. Um, you can probably tell by my hair, hairdo, it's all gone, right? Uh, 32 years now, and I think uh, we are coming up into the golden ages of dentistry. The next 10, 15, 20 years, as you guys get out, get working and get cranking, it is, it is going to be an awesome career, awesome ride. Awesome. You're, you're talking about um, the future of dentistry. Can you give us like a little insight about what you may have spoken about? I know you're very big into the oral systemic connection and dentistry. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think dentistry is moving. Well, I'll frame it up with a little history. So my grandfather uh, was a dentist, practiced for 50 years, graduated Harvard, uh, I think it was 1936, and he practiced in Massachusetts for 50 years. My father uh, was a dentist, graduated UOP Dental School in 1966, and he practiced for 50 years. The two of my brothers are dentists. One of them uh, had to bow out. He had um, some medical conditions. The other one is uh, full on. All he does is all on fours all day. Periodontist does a great job. Uh, but what what they all did is is fix stuff, right? We we try to think about dentistry being preventive, and we are to a degree. But for the most part, the reimbursement system and how you, how how things work, how people uh, activate and engage with you as dentists is we're coming in to get something fixed that's uh, broken. Okay, I know there's cleanings and, and that sort of thing, but for the most part, we're coming in fixing stuff that's damaged, that was caused by disease. And I think that is about to change. I see dentistry moving to way more preventive in nature, way more predictive in nature for the first time. So that's what, that's what gets me really excited about the predictive part of it. That's fantastic. And uh, if I can take a, you know, kind of a side branch from here, I love that we're talking future of dentistry. So you don't talk about the future with just like Seth was talking about kind of the sky's limit infinity. You don't get to 800 plus offices and infinity more going forward without great leadership like it's talked about at the ASDA conference. Can you talk a little bit to our listeners about how do you get to a number like that? What systems do you have to have in place? Kind of, you know, what really gets involved in the machine there? <laughs> how long do we have? <laughs> hey, I'll go all day. So, okay. So let's, let's go through, we can, we can take many different angles here, but I think it does start with leadership where well, that's what you brought up, right? You brought up some leadership and you've got to, uh, I studied all the great leaders, um, you know, in, in history and in, uh, current leaders of businesses and all that to kind of prepare prepare me. I had mentors early in my career that uh, really spent time with me and invested in me to help me understand because I didn't, I didn't know how to do any of this. Um, and, and I've learned along the way. So, um, and I'm still learning, still learning today. 
we have learned a couple things. You know, your, your main job as a leader, as you get out there, is to inspire your team to take hold of a better future. So as you, as you put on your pants in the morning and you get ready to go to work, thank God you're alive, get ready to rock and roll. And then how are you going to inspire your team to do better today? Uh, that's hard in dentistry. You know, dentistry is a demanding profession. It's physically demanding. It can be uh, mentally uh, debilitating with some of your patients. And it can be psychologically devastating, as I say sometimes. And you got to be ready for that. And your team, team has to feel that. Um, and so I think it starts with, um, with that. And then you've, you've got to have an intensity to want, want to build. Uh, I got asked a question the other day at a meeting going, oh, it must be so nice to be CEO. You must have so much time controlling your schedule and, and all, this, all this stuff now as you built up this big company. And I go, no, you have, a, you have it totally bass backwards. I, I work 365 days a year. 24 hours a day, and that's my life. Now, and it's not for everybody, Cole. I think, Cole, you asked the question. It's, it's a choice. And if, if you want to build a company that's going to have a 1,000 practices or even more, uh, you've got to be com committed to that's going to consume your life. Now, then we get into the work-life balance stuff, whole different conversation, but you have to be able to integrate your, your work in, into that. And then from clearly a business standpoint, uh, we have a saying, structure Trump strategy. So it takes time to build a company up. It takes, takes time to build an organization. And you've got to have those core structures in place that make it work because your strategies will change over time. I just got the latest numbers today. Do you, you guys have any idea how many DSOs there are in the country right now? Maybe 500 to 1,000? I'm, I'm not sure. How, how big yeah. is the DSO? More than two practices? Call it five or growing. Five and, five and up. Maybe. Five and up. Thousands. At least 2,100 that we can count. At least wow. 2,100. And when I started in this, there were maybe five of us. So that shows the, pay, the pace and, and the growth. And we're just beginning. The, the growth of group practice, whether you call it DSO group practice, to me, it's the same thing, uh, it is, is going to be phenomenal in the years to come. Uh, but you, gotta, you have to be structured. It is not as you may read of so many articles of, of private equity coming in and different, and I'm not bad-mouthing private equity, but different people coming in and think it's just docking a box, open, a, open an office, put a dock in, and suddenly you're going to make money. That's not the way it works. You guys probably all know that. It's hard freaking work. And sure. you got you to gotta stay focused every day. So I call it, you know, the use a basketball metaphor. You've got to put that ball through the hoop every day every single day so you know and then you, you just keep pounding you find out what you're good at what your niche is we have a, a unique model ours is an owner doc model back to the structure so i have uh, over 700 partners now around the country uh, that are you know most of them are dear friends and we communicate all the time and 
and uh, we serve them and help them grow your practices. Who knows? Maybe we'll be serving you guys one of these days. So you, you then you, you got to stay focused. Uh, that that focus and um, you know um, that yeah. Uh, you know, you, you got to be motivated for sure, but it's that tenacity and that just going at it every single day, that determination and that drive, that's what, that's what, what, what can get you there. And um, otherwise you'll, you'll hit lids and you, you know, it's kind of spin out of control. It can't be opportunistic. You got to stay focused. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I love helps. that answer right there. Um, I got a, I got a question for you. So you talked yeah. about the team culture and how you, that's how you really get there. And, you know, everyone does better each day. So let's say you take a doctor in, um, in their own office and they have poor team culture. What would you say then? What advice would you give to help them better that team culture? That's a really good question. I want to understand a little bit more what's going on in the office first, guys. So the best place to find out what's going on in the office is, is to stand in the sterilization room and wait for the dental assistants to come in and talk to the dental assistants. They'll tell you the real poop of what's going on in the office, right? So you got to understand that. And if, if it is a doctor issue, if it's a doctor leadership issue or something like that, um, we can have that discussion. And ultimately, I, I you know, in, in our world, every doc has the exact same platform. They have the exact same facilities, exact same equipment, same training materials, same access to training materials, same marketing materials, same vendor relationships, same billing collections processes, same, same everything. And then what do they do with it? What do they want to do with it? And I can have that discussion with them and say, look, the best thing you can do right now is go into that bathroom there, put your hands on the edges of that sink and look up into that mirror that's in that bathroom and, and start talking to yourself of how good do you want it? You know, how good do you want it? And there's a bell curve. Not everybody wants to run eight, we're what, 865 practices. Not everybody wants to do that. I get that. Not everybody wants even more than one practice. I get that too. That's all fine. Um, but don't say you want to run 10 practices and act and be a, be a leader and actor of one practice. That won't work. You're just gonna cause everybody to get frustrated and, and have, cause discontent. So gotcha. the doc is the leader in the practice. You know? the, de facto, um, you're the leader. People take, you're on stage all day. Right, right. And that's, that's um, you know great advice, especially you gotta have the motivation, you gotta have the mindset. And you're the role model, just like you're saying, you got to be the person, look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, everybody else is going to follow me and, and mimic who I'm becoming. So, yeah, totally. yeah. so um, now what, what you mentioned for a second there, um, how you're going to be developing these doctors with all these different systems, and it's all the same throughout mm -hmm. all the practices. So you also mentioned uh, that all of the doctors can have the potential to be owners or mm -hmm. uh, can you can you give a little more um explanation as how the oh, yeah. structure goes yeah so when i say that to fr to frame it the doc all the docs have access to all that same 
same content, same technology, the same EHR marketing of access. Then what did it what what do they do with that access? And there's there is a range for sure. And from an owner doc perspective, we're definitely looking for the docs on the right side of the curve, right? There's a something that I teach on. I talk about the comfort zone and getting people out of their comfort zone. Maybe you've heard that before. And if you stay in your comfort zone, you'll eventually atrophy in in a business in in dentistry because you um, you, you don't grow. And if you look at the vast majority of practices for sale in the United States that are they're being sold by brokers, they're being sold by docs that got stuck in a comfort zone and then eventually they atrophy down. So you have to be able to move out of that comfort zone. You go through a fear zone because it's a little scary. Okay? And then you might get in a zone where you're, you're, um, you're happy and you're um, in a zone where, hey, I like this. This feels really good. And if you get in that zone, it's, it's awesome, but you still have to grow because otherwise you're gonna get beat by your competitors. The next run of docs that are coming out, they're gonna be better and learn more. And, and then on the outer edge are the docs that are really looking for growth. They wanna grow their career. They wanna, they wanna um, uh, grow their talents. They wanna become better dentists. They wanna, they wanna teach. They want to um, expand their territory, expand their businesses. Uh, they, they've got to want to make money and money is just a reward of, of, of taking great care of your people, whether it's your internal customer or external customers, your patients, right? Money's a reward you get for, for doing a great job there. And so though, those docs on, the, on that outer growth curve are, are definitely ones we, we watch for and try to help them in a career for sure. But we love them both. We, I just don't want to work with docs stuck in a comfort zone. I mean, that's just no fun. Gotcha. It's so see, when, dying. When, you, when you find docs in their comfort zone, yeah. are there any strategies or tips or anything you use to pull them out of there and get them moving? Get them, you know. Give them yeah, a yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have those heart-to-heart discussions about, um, you know, how, how good do you want it? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What are you looking for? We'll have the life, dis- it's a life discussion at that point, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part, it's where, where, where do you wanna be when you're 50, 55, 60, 65? How good do you want it? How good do you wanna retire? How are you gonna sell your practice? Because if they're truly in their comfort zone and they're done, that's the day they should sell. Okay. Right? They should, cause that's peak value. Mm-hmm. Cause it's only downhill from there if they stay in that comfort zone. So we'll have that open discussion. Hey, if you're, if you're totally satisfied and you don't you don't want to move, uh, sell today. It's the best thing you can do financially. Gotcha. I like that piece of financial advice too, because yeah, you yeah. a lot of times you see it too. You know, a lot of guys as they get older, they'll cut back in time rather than just selling out, and they have to scale back the numbers so they can't sell for what they were looking to sell for. Absolutely, we see it every day. Wow. Yeah. Very very cool. I'll give you a great example of somebody who's growing is. Um, Josh Golden down in Sunrise. Yeah, yeah. Love that guy. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Great. You know, and, and what's so fun is to see Docs do it in different ways. He's doing it his way. And 
and uh, he's a big social media guy and all sorts of other things. But uh, the doc I spoke with at ASDA, Dr. Tang, she has, I think, a small social media, but she's she's into the, the mouth-body connection. She is into dental medical integration. She is into that. And she she's passionate. So she's growing her practice that way. So it's, it's cool. Awesome. Well, uh how about we just jump right into that? Can you talk about that dental medical integration and about these the new concept of these offices and these being married together? Yeah, so there's a there's a couple terms that we have to get straight. So dental medical integration is the the larger kind of industry term where uh, from a from a business standpoint, the integration of dental and medical benefit society Help re- and it can help reduce overall healthcare costs. It can uh, improve the healthcare of, of all involved in that, in that structure. That's dental medical integration. Then we have what is more the common uh, word out there is the oral systemic link, which is basically all things you guys know. What's going on in the mouth affects the rest of the body. We call it the mouth-body connection. Uh, it's just a little bit easier for people to understand, uh, for patients to understand, the staff to understand. So, um, we we know from the most of this, most of the hardcore science and studies around the mouth-body connection have come about in the last 20 years, when the Surgeon General, in the year 2000, said to America, "Hey, we cannot have good health in America if we don't have good oral health." That kind of kicked it off. And surgeon generals ever since have been going down that path. Now, it was talked about in schools. It was done in certain programs, things like that. But that put, put, put some uh, meat on it, so to speak. And so the insurance companies started doing some research and studies and look. And lo and behold, uh, all of the studies, I don't think I've ever seen a study that didn't demonstrate that when you guys are providing good oral health for your patients, their overall health improves and their overall healthcare costs go down. Okay, so I think that that's sort of at, at the root. And in the last seven, eight to 10 years, there's been a plethora of science around, okay, why, what? And it, they generally uh, revolve around chronic inflammatory diseases, as you guys know, right? So whether it's diabetes, whether it's cardiovascular disease, uh, whether it's early onset de- dementia and um, Alzheimer's, uh, it also affects uh, pregnancy. I think we know that. And then now cancer. I mean, oral cancer is one of the fastest growing cancers there is. Now it's still relatively small, thank God, but it's one of the fastest growing cancers. So, so dentists play a critical role in the health system and they got bifurcated from the health system 150 plus years ago. Right. And people are taking notice. Now, is it going as fast as I want? No. Uh, is it gonna is it gonna happen overnight? No. But the payers, the people that are taking the risk on insurance get it. And they're trying to figure out how do we weave them in together. And I think we're the only healthcare. Uh, providers, you guys are the only healthcare providers where you have your own coding system. All the, all your other peers, they work in a different coding system. So that alone keeps you separate. And does, it, 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 it uh, inhibits 
the ability to, to work with and communicate with your primary care peers or your endocrinologists or your nurse practitioners or your or um, the cardiovascular people or whoever it may be. So um, I think the you know, my job as CEO is to always be looking at what's happening in, in the world, so to speak, and in our world. Uh, look for pattern recognition and connecting the dots. You know, the old Wayne Gretzky quote of being where the puck is going, not where it was, looking at that. And it, it's clear as a bell to me that this is where things are headed and we have to figure it out. Now, we haven't figured it out. Let it be known. We haven't figured it all out, but we're investing in it heavily. And we're figuring some things out that are working really, really well. Sure. So what would you say is the, by the way, nice Wayne Gretzky quote. Um, <laughs> I, I know you're a big hockey guy. Don't uh, get it bucked up over here. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we can go off on hockey, but uh, <laughs> so the, the structure of these medical dental offices, what, what would you yeah. say would be the ideal way to structure that? The ideal would be what we're learning right now the ideal is an embedded nurse practitioner MD in the office. They all function as one team. That, that's the ideal. And we just opened one that, that way a couple months ago. And it, it's doing really, really well. The key factor, there's a couple key factors, but one of the key factors is that uh, they work in the same health record. So we have moved our company over to Epic for a reason. Um, not going to do an epic commercial, but it is, is, it is the best for the integrated care model uh, for large health systems and now dentistry. And it's uh, amazing the amount of information you can have at your fingertips. Um, I got my teeth cleaned today. My hygienist had all my health information right there. She said, Steve, it is so nice to have it all right there at my fingertips. And so that the ability for the, it opens up the communication when patients are in there. We teach the medical side how to do a proper oral, visual oral exam. And when you went to your last physician, I bet he probably, he or she, stuck a tongue depressor in your mouth, said, told you to say, ah, and that was it. Right. And ask them, well, what did you just do? And they're gonna tell you, well, that was, that was an oral exam. And you're going to go, really? I'm a dentist. That was an oral exam. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we teach them how to, how to do it right. And then the interactions, or a patient comes in, they have high blood pressure at, you know, they're 160 over 130. And they, they go, oh, it's only because I'm in the dental office. I'm nervous. Well, we all know that's bull. But now we can walk the, pa we can walk the patient over to the nurse practitioner, or go grab the nurse practitioner and come talk to them and make the proper referrals so that that uh, and patients love it i tell you what patient patients absolutely love it check out the google scores on our what's our one laura called um we have we have uh, i'm trying to remember the name of the practice uh union village union village healthcare check out the google scores it's uh patients love it sure that's fantastic because i can't think of anything more annoying than just like you were saying you know, you've got one issue. Okay. Oh, doc, I got to go to this other doctor. What do you mean? Now I have to go to another doctor for this opinion about this. 
what do you mean? I need clearance now. I have to go to my primary care physician and wait X amount of time just to get clearance. Yeah, and think of the referral ability with a in, with a health record that's interoperable. That's key, and they're they're all getting there. Epic is already there, and think of a health record where you actually have chart reconciliation, where they're reconciling the charts for your patient, Cole, that has been to ten different providers in the local area, and now they reconciled all the meds they're on, they reconciled all their chronic problems, and now you're seeing it in a nice, neat format. Now it's not all perfect yet. But the vision is you'd see it in a nice, neat format. It's right there for you on the screen, right here on the screen. And then here is your dental record. It's powerful. Definitely. So, so would you recommend uh, from the dental side of it, doing some sort of one-year GPR AGD program then? That way you're a little bit more well-versed in the medical aspect? If you got two, two ways to go, I would, to, I would recommend one of two ways. Totally one of those, uh, AGD, I think you can get a little more, it depends what you're going into, right? GPR, I think you can get a little more um, surgery, AEGD, you can get a little bit more mix, right? And then um, an alternative would be to find a doc that you're going to go work for that will actually mentor and teach you. So cool. you, you can do either or and, and be great. Uh, just don't hopefully get stuck in a practice where you have, where you don't get the help and the teaching and, and all that. So, so you would, would you rank the mentorship as like really like top notch and what, what a new grad should look for? Oh my gosh. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck okay. yeah. Oh man. I mean, there's some docs that come out of school that are rock stars. I get it. I get it. But uh, for the vast majority, like 99.8%, they need some help. And okay. some assistance, right? Cool. Hand mm-hmm. speed. We call it a clinical, clinical competence builds clinical confidence. So how, how, if you can team up with a doc that's going to teach you how to properly read a CBCT, how to, how to do a crown and, and deliver it in an hour with a CEREC machine, how to do a, a root canal on number two that doesn't take six hours, you know, those type of things. Be super, uh, super helpful. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. So um, we, we talked about the more novel ideas. Is there something, some business idea or fundamental value that you stuck to early in your career that you, you really kind of lived by? Um, and you said you've had a, a long and healthy career. Is there something that you've kind of moved away from um, or that you no longer believe in or hold on to some sort of value or idea? Hmm. That's a really interesting question. So I think there's more things I've built in, you know, more things I've built in, but um, let me answer it this way. So from, from an er, early, uh, early on where I start started to feel like I kind of knew what I was doing. Um, and this may may be good for your audience. When I, when I started going, okay, I, I kind of got, you never got this. You can't say, because once you're done learning, you're done, right? But you, you, you figured out, okay, I can do this. I wish I had stepped on the gas pedal a lot harder. I wish I would have done more, invested more, grown more. Um, but I was, you know, 
nervous or afraid or lack confidence. And I think at a certain point you can go, Hey, I know, I know what the heck I'm doing here and age doesn't matter. And you can, can, um, go for it. Really, really go for it. If that's what you want to do. And, and I'm kind of a driven guy just a little bit. So I wish I had stepped on the gas pedal a little bit, a little bit more. Just a little bit. <laughs> Mine hundred offices. And I'm thinking he pushed his foot through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> oh, wow. I hope that answers your question, but I, I mean, I could go through the strategic shifts throughout the years. That's a, that's a different, different thought process. Sure. So was there like a kind of a turning point, like you mentioned, like, was there like a memory that you have, like a point where you're sitting or you're standing over the mirror and holding it and looking at the mirror and saying, <laughs> I got this? Yeah, I had a couple moments like that. I had, I had um, a story. I'll tell you, we had our first Sarek machine in 1994. Uh, old. I mean, wow. I think the, the product, again, I'm not a dentist, but I'm guessing the product, the delivery wasn't that great, but it's 1994. But I saw, I go, okay, a machine can mill a crown. That makes sense to me. And so I was watching it, watching it, watching it. I got to know a, a prosthodontist at um, Loma Linda University named, uh, he was the Dean there for a while, Dean Goodacre. And uh, we we're hanging out one day having lunch and we're walking down the hall and there was a couple of CEREC machines in the, in the hall. I go, hey, Ted, you know, you're a prosthodontist. What do you think of this technology? I've been watching it. Is it good enough yet? At the time, I owned a lab. I owned a traditional lab. I had, you know, 50 lab people in there making crowns. And um, uh, Dean Goodacre, Charlie goes, oh, man, that's the future. All crowns will be made by machines real soon. And uh, jump on it. Figure it out. Go for it. Um, so that, that was one of the pivotal, pivotal moments for me. And, and look, 95% of crowns in, in the world are made by machine right now. Right. All right. That's well, amazing. Mr. Steve Thorne, great talking to you. I mean, we really just kind of, I feel like I got a snapshot of your <laughs> Like you, you gave well, Let's do it again. We'll do it again whenever you want. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate it guys. Hey, thank you. It was very nice to meet all of you, and I will see you, I guess, see you. Hey, guys, that'll do it for episode with Mr. Steve Thorne, the one and only CEO of Pacific Metal Services. So we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We hope you liked what he had to say. We hope you guys learned a lot because we sure as heck did. It was an unbelievable episode, wealth of information. Steve is an awesome guy. We loved having him on. We'd love to speak to him again. If you guys have any sort of info, any sort of you know topics you guys want us to talk to him about, Please DM us on Instagram at dental.soon.vibes and we will get some content out for you relating to that stuff. So as always, bye-bye.